0: Hello, 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 guys and grubble tears. Hey there. Hey, it has been, it's been a minute. It's been 64 years. That's, that's 84 years. Oh, yes. If Sorry. we're referencing the Titanic meme, it has been about that long. Wow. Last time you heard from us, it was winter of 2019. And we are officially in these uncertain spring
1: times slash heading into summer of
0: 2020.
1: Yeah, um, here's hoping you got everything you wanted for Christmas. <laughs> um, we kind of <laughs> thought we did, but we didn't. Right. Judging from
0: the reality that we are currently living in, as you guys will see, some of the stuff we scream about in these upcoming parts are no longer relevant to like life that can be lived for us. And we're sorry that it's taken us this long to get a new episode to you guys. Some of you who support us on Patreon or follow us on the social media might have been aware of some of the life issues and then tech issues and then the the Rona is here and if some of you cross over to our Wawa Villanelle Killing Eve podcast you know that maybe two and a half weeks ago from where we're recording today that intro of Wawa Villanelle we were kind of joking about how ridiculous our city was going to get. And, it, and here it, we are. Yeah. It is. It, 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 we're here. We're <laughs> yep. here. Hopefully we're coming to you guys as you are self-quarantining in your respective countries and listening to this on Anne Lister's birthday weekend, which while I'm sure we're all celebrating the gift of having the wonderful Anne Lister born upon this planet to jaunt and write down all of her jaunty and really gay feelings for us to read. It's also bittersweet because like all y'all that was supposed to be making the gay pilgrimage
1: to Halifax. Yeah, like we got to figure out well let's heal the planet first Look, we got to figure out how to do that and then once that's done and the people are healed we've got to find a way to
0: 2021 right but yeah so we've been going through some shit in our state professionally things are
1: ridiculous in new york city super yes yeah, super insane
0: And also, personally, we thought within two weeks' time we would know people and have family members directly affected by the virus. And certainly, that is exactly where we are. That's literally what happened. And so, a welcome distraction to podcast, honestly, from what's happening in our day-to-day. And we wanted to work really hard try and bring you guys finally these episodes after we had our several um, emotional crises over the past three months to finally get these to you because we had, like, Thing where minutes went missing and then we're changing hosts and then directory issues and then lost files like you guys it's been an odyssey I don't want to say that it's the ghost of Mariana Lawton coming to fuck with well, our could files but, but it could be it could, it be. could be she was like these, these bitches shaded me too much fuck up they recording fuck it up. it's
1: not going out <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not going out all
1: of the Marianas come and help me oh, oh my god like project. that video
0: we saw of uh, all the Marianas Lord. to all the Marianas to all the Marys um, but we will have to cover that at a <laughs> different time but yeah so it's been rough but we actually this is the first time Terrence and I are seeing each other in like two and a half weeks since we've been self-quarantining just to push out to try and get this last bit of shit together to push out the historical nightcap for episode seven of season one of Gentleman Jack on ann lister birthday weekend so not exactly on her birthday but you know in the time that you guys some of you guys anyway would have been frolicking together about how wonderful and gay and jaunty ann lister was and how awesome ann walker was but hopefully people are doing what we've some seen some stuff online many congregations online and different streaming things that'll be going on and just um i don't know being a comfort and a resource to your fellow friends gentlemen Jack admires
1: well yeah I mean I could see how frustrating it could be if you're like in a house full of people and <sighs> no one in the house cares that it's analyst's birthday weekend and you have all these feelings you need to be able to get them out somehow and every podcast you stream you've finished all their episodes and you're like I need something where I need content and if well you, you can always rewatch the show well that too
0: if you've run out of content you know what you could do hit. Rewind. Oh, wait, that's. Mm, I just dated myself with the VHS. Oh, you I can't rewind. rewind. I mean, technically, you can. You can. But it's more like buffering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more like, like now but you could just rewatch or... Gentleman Jack again or check out some of these. I saw that... Well, you tagged me in today, though. That long-lost scene of Van oh, Lista as a God. teenager holding a sword! <laughs> that's all but I whatever. ever wanted. See? I'm... These are the little things that'll get me through this quarantine crisis. <laughs> my City. If bends. we...
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I want to put it out there, but not put it out there. But if we go forward and backwards in, in the this, this season that... Well, they're halted recording, but when they can record... If we're going forwards and backwards in time, and I get more of young... Uh, jaunty Never opposed
0: to young endless stuff.
1: I mean, taking money from men, hanging around a uh, wild woman. I mean, I I'm okay with this. I'm fine with this. I, I, I can get it animated. If if Saranda's down to play it, we can film it. Show it to us. Would love to see it. I would love to see it. But you know what? The cutting room floor just just sent all of those <laughs> clippings my way so that I could just sit just and saying. revel.
0: I mean, I feel like they already know that the audience for Gentleman Jack is like, give us all the stuff! All the bloopers, all the scenes. Like, we don't care, just give it to us, but yeah. So, you guys, so begins the odyssey of... This historical nightcap I want to say thank you to all of you guys who reached out over the course of the past several weeks to be like are you okay are you guys surviving New York looks like it's really in the doldrums. <laughs> how are you making it through barely barely, barely. super but, uh, barely just, just check thank you for checking it because we don't got no damn supplies uh, every day y'all they're like wear a mask and every day we're like where are, they, where you, are you supplying <laughs> where the masks but where are they where's the bleach nowhere to purchase
1: <laughs> no I'm serious no uh, really shout out to my mom if it wasn't it was the able law. to find
0: bleach, right. and she brought it to me if today. If it wasn't
1: against the law to send bleach, I would ask to send bleach. I just know that it's one of those things where it's like,
0: I told oh. you, my mom. She took pity on me. I mean, she was calling because she was concerned and checking in to be like, "How are you doing? Do you have your supplies? Are you doing with?" it I was like, "Mom." i don't got no damn supplies i was it? i mean not damn because that's my mama but i was like mama don't got no supplies because i didn't hoard i tried to be sensible and rational and be like well what about the workers the essential workers and played myself because i didn't realize that lysol and bleach and alcohol and literally anything that could be used to partially sanitize would be out of stock until may 2021 so yeah we got fabrics and hopes and dreams But I do, I do have a big pile of bleach because my mom, thanks to senior shopping abilities in the burbs, she was able to go at 6 a.m. and retrieve some bleach.
1: And I love that that was able to happen. I even love that you. Thanks, mom. I even love that you were trying to do your part with the. Technology that you had. Oh yeah, three to- pretty
0: three D printing masks, man. Because we uh, we got a we got a real crisis out here. We got a real crisis out here, you guys. A whole lot of people who should be wearing masks and need masks, especially our essential workers. But they're nowhere to be found. They are nowhere. Although people did get caught up in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. Actually, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday. They were hoarding like five oh, thousand. Right. Whatever mask so, so FBI took they? the FBI the FBI they were like they're with us now to go to the hospital so good good yeah I'm happy shouldn't be out there hoarding so you know guys hopefully you enjoy these parts coming up if we have anybody who happens to listen to this podcast who is one of these essential workers being leaned upon by everybody across the globe we just want to say hey we see you
1: thank you we thank for
0: you. your bravery and your commitment.
1: And And we'll be staying home as much as possible. We will. We don't get in your way for the work that you need to do.
0: Exactly. Shout out to all you guys from the healthcare workforce, which is literally so many titles we could never list, to everyone else who's making sure that some parts of society are still functioning, like delivering stuff. All the delivery people, across the whatever, just everybody. Everybody Thank you. who's Thank been you.
1: fighting for 15 and are still working. We right? Go- We're going to make sure that you're getting more than 15. Shout
0: out to all of those people, and shout out to the rest of society who's listening, like, let's get these people paid properly. <laughs> like, I, I don't know! But it could be something we put on the docket, when everyone can focus on politics again, because right? I, well, we've figured out who's essential who's not fucking essential. Yep. And it seems like we should maybe pay them accordingly. So if you're listening this and you're taking a break from your essential ass fucking job, hey, you're awesome.
1: The patron saint of Thirst Tour.
0: I hope you guys still have some of that jam candle left in these quarantine times because if you think about it if you light the candle now wherever you are to spread the vapors it's gonna be like you know when people do drugs or like when they hotbox. you smoke but then you're in a closed thing so you're just sort of redoing the thing Uh I just wanna put it out there for anyone out there very few of you who have this fucking candle now's the time because the vapor potency the vapor potency in quarantine I'm just saying the 93% might become 99% okay that's all the gay. What? Release the Kraken. <laughs> Release, Release, the Release the the, the, the vapors. <laughs> but it's the gay vapors. But um, I guess we've rambled enough for this intro. We hope everyone is in good health who is listening to this, and if not, we hope you we get well soon. And part one of eight of uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, this. I'm sorry. Oh God. God. I apologize God. in advance. God. This file. God. However much a terabyte plus is, it's just a lot. And it broke be- our
0: host and it broke our software. There was so much breaking <laughs> thanks to this historical nightcap. And like I said, Mariana Lawton, somebody on a Ouija with Sappho, they, they called a bitch and uh, she fucked we,
1: our stuff. We, we can't be the only ones to have ever made a file this big before. Like
0: I don't think we are the tests. only ones, but look at the stuff it's plugged into. Yeah. We're oh, recording yeah. at the highest fidelity. Our files get really hard. <laughs> And then the software is like, no one does this. Like other people's <laughs> files, other people's files are just five gigabytes and yours is 25. Make it make sense. And we're like, we can't, we don't know how. So, all right, guys, we love and appreciate you all. And let's, let's just fucking get into it. Part one of this historical nightcap where we get into what was then our recent encounter with historian Jill Liddington. Oh yeah. It's very exciting.
1: All right. Enjoy.
0: Bye. It's... Gentleman Jack. Jack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. 19th century groveling. 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 Good Lord. What up, what up, what up? Y'all won't believe. (laughs) Sorry. Y'all won't believe what happened. Wait. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so we shouldn't. I shouldn't. no, we should no, we should <laughs> we should give a disclaimer that this recording will be especially jaunty and lit. We've been in the studio for some hours. We've been drinking the whole time. We are almost and we're out just, of gin. We are oh shit! <laughs> we are almost out of gin. Um, blessed by walkers vapors, the drum shambo it is on its last legs. You guys, I've had two glasses Tarantino how he is incognito with how he slips his drinks but um he already told me that since he came into studio in the afternoon, that he had been doing his little things, those little dips that he does to get some alcohol, and so yeah, guys. So this is your warning. This is it right now. We yes. are already drunk, right? So we won't be getting drunk during the course of this recording. It's already here. It's right. happening right at this moment. It's now. It's right now, live.
1: So what was the first thing you were screaming about? Because there's plenty of things to scream about. Yes, but um, how are what... been going? I don't know. How... I don't know what order to go in. Should I start with the cookies? <laughs> I think I should start with the cookies because these Maybe are Maybe start the cookies
0: cuz we're eating them right now. Take one. One of the rich uh, ones, oh, the oh, rum the rum flavored. Oh, well, the, the they're delicious.
1: Uh-huh. They're delicious. <sighs> the present You're eating one right now, so you got to give me a moment. was amazing. <laughs> the sentiment was beautiful.
0: Oh, yes. Yes.
1: And they're so delicious.
0: They're so fucking delicious. So we have to send a very special shout out to longtime listener and fan of Gentleman Jack Crack and also Well Well Villanelle Floor. You know who you are, lovely lady. We got your cookies. And you know we got the cookies because I sent you a photo the minute we opened them and put them in our mouths and started getting way too ridiculous. Thank you so much for sending us these sweets and treats. We've been nibbling on them all day and we will continue to with our drunk asses in this historical nightcap, which we need sugar a lot of times to re-up re, re up Right, the to like level out, yeah. So I, I, and I don't know about you, but when someone makes me something to eat, like, that is one of my things. Like, that is yes. one of my, my things. No. Yes, yes. I think we've talked about, like, love languages. Like, how you can see someone cares for you, but then also how you show your own love and care and concern. And food is one of those things. And I know it's rooted, deeply rooted, in my familial background and everybody I know, regardless of gender, but especially auntie, grandma, mom types, food was always there. It's yes. always around. Yes. You come inside, someone's baking some shit. I remember my godmother, I told you this, she was a pastry chef. And in a moment in life, because my mom had some extra freezers, because I don't know, you know, moms be doing shit like that, she would come do her pastry chef shit. And then like Dutch pastries, delicious. And French pastries. And she'd bake them and then she put them in a the thing. For later, for catering, like she was going to come back and get them. And I used to get in trouble because I'd go in there and take half a fucking tray. Oh, no. I have to admit the truth. Because, you know, you go in, you start with one, but they were so good that you just, it makes thing you know, it's, you can't hide the treachery that you've done.
1: Oh, right, right. It's like, let's just redistribute the plate. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And so I just love when somebody makes me something delicious to eat. Oh, I even do a little happy dance. I don't know how many of y'all out there do happy dances when you eat something good, but we do. Terrence These kind of has so a shimmy. Good. I kind of have like a, a shuffle and a two-step. These are good. Have a little bit of a samba <laughs> it happens. They're so good. How many? How many types are in here? What? Are, there's a lot. There's like one, two, three. You don't? I didn't even five. see those. I... Yeah. Oh, take one. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like gingerbread over there some fucking walnuts mm. and these are super rich i'm not sure what this is i think these are the rum icing ones that yeah, she asked right? if they no, arrived ginger. okay mm. and gingerbread so flair, fleur thank you thank, thank you. you thank you i did let it drop that i totally ate like three before i let terrence see the box and <laughs> that's because i have problems when it comes to sweet snacks but these are fucking delicious, and we thank you so much. And they pair excellently also, although I'm drinking gin right now because, well, I'm out of control. But with the whiskey bourbon that we got, the Rose, Wait. the Kentucky bourbon.
1: Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes.
0: Wow. This is how you know the drinks are settling in. I'm yeah, like, Rose, thank brains, God. Our brains are doing things. Bitch, what you mixing? What is this? Nothing. nothing. This motherfucker doing chemistry, y'all. He got two <laughs> bottles. He's pouring one into the other. I said, "What's what is happening?" Oh. But yeah, thank you so much for our treats. Our treats. We will never deny treats. Woo, woo. Are you? Are you? Are you alright?
1: Yeah, I, 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 was, I was about to. <laughs> that looked uh, like
0: it was a, a jaunty sip that you just took. I mean, took it, there, so. it was. Oh, it, I know.
1: It it, it. it. That was one of those knock you up when you oh. kind of things. I was like, oh, oh <laughs> <sighs>
0: We had so many cool things go down this past week. Yes. And perhaps you guys have looked at the Instagram or the Twitter. But the Twitter, right. We've actually been way more active in these past few days than we. R in general, probably got a quarter of the number of posts we had in total just in the last few days. But it's because you guys, you guys, we got to see one of the OG historians, Jill fucking Liddington, And, you know, the Jill Liddington responsible for motherfucking nature's domain. And where would I be? Where would I be, you motherfuckers, without nature's domain and goddamn Ann Walker's thirst? Every fucking entry and page detailing Ann Walker's so lovely, so genuine, so gay. Thirst.
1: Where would the where would I be? I don't know. We entered it was Second Tuesdays, which is an event that is held um every second Tuesday at the Gay and Lesbian Center. Um and, you in, know, Manhattan. The, in Manhattan, yes, in mm-hmm. the And you know I get there and it's quiet and you know, me jaunting in, I used the wrong entrance. It was like, oh I didn't even know there was a there was a second door, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, okay, attention's all on me. I was trying to be very quaint and quiet, but I'm here. And then I guess uh, Candice went to check us in because she um, had, I guess, the tickets in
0: her name. I did. And that was helpful. But then I was like, I need some coffee, so let's make a little stop, jaunty mm-hmm. stop. But then what happened was I left that coffee
1: after right. we decided to snipe those those first row seats. Right. And I was like, stop. fuck happened so we we took some modest seeds sort of center ish and then um as we were sitting um, looking you know kind of preparing and looking at things Mm -hmm. wait first no wait wait first First. yeah go back we are approached we are approached by jill Livingston and then i don't i'm not ready i'm not prepared (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) and she asks (laughs) where'd you come from because I'm guessing people, you know, they travel to get as to they see should. her as, as, they as, should. Right. as they should as they should as they should
0: and she is she was going around to see everybody who was there and she was in the first row and we were like in the third row and we already just looked at each other like what the fuck is going on and we don't have anything prepared <laughs> to say she's really
1: close <laughs> she's really fucking
0: close what are you going to do we're too awkward for this but she, yeah she came by and she said hello and the most ridiculous most astonishing most absurd happening of this situation was when we were like oh yeah we we do a we do a Gentleman Jack podcast She was like what's the name we're like Gentleman Jack Crack she's like oh, oh I've heard of it is it yeah, on Twitter she and said I said excuse me excuse <laughs> me Miss Blington. excuse me ma'am um how when we only have 16 <laughs> tweets total over the course of <laughs> the entire year but wow we just um
1: she knows we exist
0: yeah it got to weird stammering after that like it was we did our best We did, and we were in shock, and holy goddamn hell, I... The talk was everything we we wanted and more because we kind of wanted not just to see Joe Liddington and hear her talk and what she had to say and maybe ask a question or two. It's just like to be surrounded by other Gentleman Jack fans, like yes. people who potentially are to our fervor of ridiculousness and obsession who then maybe just want to have a jaunty talk, a jaunty Ted talk about the Chaumière or occurring across or I don't know, any number of things. And that happened, that we did, that we did. Shout out to all you lovely people. Who we've connected with. Some of you are now following us on Insta. You said you listen to the podcast. You guys are fucking awesome. And actually, I'm see, I'm I'm jumping ahead to stories I want to tell because no, we didn't get no, to I the know. mention of the show know, I know, I know. Why don't you cover the show mia? Why don't you cover what Jill said about the show mia? Okay. And then I will then scream about the weird fact that happened. There. A quick
1: plug and thank you to everyone who did stay and talk and have the Jaunty TED Talks. Post the uh, interview to the point where they were like, "Oh, well, we're trying to close." <laughs> it was like, "Oh we my get gosh, yes. you Guys are so enthralled and engaged, but we we, we have to clean. They, they were cleaning like craft services, wrapping things up. Like they would shout out hide. to
0: Rachel. <laughs> Look for that Lestorian tea who works at Shibden. Oh. She was there with with Jill.
1: And then the field of dreams. Sorry, I you do can't. You didn't follow the rules. Right. I'm gonna. All right. I said I'm not gonna say ahead. I, said, I know. I know. All right. All right. All right. I'm gonna all try right. again. Right. Redo. So, redo. <laughs> So we are right, okay. So <laughs> sorry, from our seats, sorry. we're we're flabbergasted. We're we're trying to figure out how how just how and why and how and why right and why and how how she she knows who we are and as we're there sitting and floored and stunned and uh, beverage in hand, oh I should maybe get a bottle of water. I don't know. <laughs> and then Candace eyes these two seats that are in the front row. durant. And it's like, okay, I'll investigate. I said, I will investigate to see if those seats are available. Right after I get a drink of water. So I go up and I get a water to just kind of get me in the, now I'm up. kind <laughs> so I'm up. No, but I totally. get him, it's I a bottle of water. It's a process. And then I make it to the front towards the corner. And I say, hi, um, are those two seats vacant? And they tell me that they are. They and t- I say, They say that they are. Right. So I say, oh, okay. Step number so one. I'm going to go and um, get my friend and we'll, we'll just... Move on up then. And then so I come to kind so I'm like, okay, they're free. Those seats are free. And I, you know, I, I pick up the bags and then, uh, you know, we kind of, oops, sorry. We kind of gently, you know, scoot ourselves up to the front. Right. Center-ish. 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 I'm like, okay, let me get a quick photo. Let me, uh, I should also...
0: Mention that because this kind of leads into the conversation or the connection to the show and shit like that is that um, I was wearing a ridiculous amount of Gentleman Jack Crack merch. <laughs> I hadn't had a reason to put on as many things as possible even though as we've been mentioning we've been ordering all the test thingy things so we can do a thing and then show everyone the things to see the quality and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot and so I had on my braids and if you guys aren't aware of what that is um, it's on our merch shop, and they're joggers, but I call them braids for obvious reasons.
1: Oh, they look great. And
0: they sing Kirk Cross today on on The Pants, Whereabouts, and also Gentleman Jack Crack, a podcast. So I had on that on. I had on my jaunty music crop top and... Um, I Love a good crop top under there, even though no one could see. I had a Let Nature Be Your Guide, you did other crop top, and then I had my Gruber Confession socks on, but no one could see those goddamn socks. I had a Let Nature Be Your Guide hat, but that was just toned in the bag. And what went over really well was my Chaumière Artisan hat <sighs> or not hat, excuse me, the jacket, jacket. Yes. yes, that I made like the day before. And it was just a, an idea I was rolling around with in general because I like to mod and make things. So I was like, I don't know. I just really feel like I need to walk around with this. I really feel like I need to announce this when I get into a room. And so I did it. I had a spare jacket that I had gotten for these types of ridiculous things that I do in my spare time. And so I did it. I did it. And it turns out, you guys, that
1: one of the ladies... It was a hit. It was a hit. It was well, well the it was a hit. People it were was a hit. taking photos. And there was a point where you had your back to the stage. And Jill was like... I know, shout out to Janice, <laughs> who worked on the motherfucking foul.
0: So she was like, what is this? What is this? Well, she was already bitching in the first place. She was like, where the fuck is the merch? What is going on, BBC? And okay. I'm like, I'm trying to understand what the BBC is doing, because we've been saying this for killing evil. Like, do y'all hosts know how to money. merchandise? Right. Does capitalism only work in America? What is going on, Britain? Do you not want the gay's money? What is happening? And so- she was going on about the merch and da-da-da. And then she saw what I was wearing and she was like, oh, where'd she you, where'd you get that? And I was like, oh, I made it. She's like, you made it, bitch. What <laughs> the fuck? Give me your number. Eventually she asked, and the gentleman who was running the whole talk of the thing, he wanted to take a picture too of the jacket and the show me an artisan. And so they're like, stand up. I'm going to take a picture. And I was like, oh my God, attention may not like. But I will let you guys take a photo. And then after she takes the photo, she's like, what, is it, what does it mean? And I was like, well, you know, it's, <laughs> a, it's a dirty joke. <laughs> it's a dirty joke in Lista Crypt. And I told her to. It was a pun off the film, Field of Dreams. If you build it, she will come. And you know what this bitch said? She, she said. She said. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you've been waiting.
1: <laughs> she said, oh, that was one of, one of my first films that mm-hmm. I worked on. I said a, she worked on that shit. You worked on Field of Dreams?
0: Y'all, it's the gay circle of life. It is the gay circle of life. We are telling you that on the day, the first day that we met Jill Liddington and a bunch of other jaunty Gentleman Jack Crack fans, we also met a motherfucking queer who was working on Field of Dreams to bring it all together. About my ridiculous Shomir joke that I feel like not that many people would get like a decent amount, but maybe it depends on where you're working with, but the demos and who's going to get that joke. So um, it's fair to say that I was too bubbly and ridiculous for the rest of the night and Jill hadn't even started fucking talking. And that was before she gave a shout out to the Shomir jacket that I was wearing because she saw the pictures being taken. And what was it? She made a reference to...
1: Um, uh, the moss hut. The and properties like, right. and the
0: differences and how Ann Lister was just gonna spend all this time deliberately trying to seduce and marry and walker in this moss hut. Or she looked in my direction. Oh show me like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, right. We I didn't scream like that there because right. I was decent, but right. inside, internally. Right. We were we were polite. We were polite throughout mm-hmm. the entire talk, but if we were left to our own devices, we probably would have been tolering at the top of our lungs. that's what, that was the feeling that was bubbling in. And I was like, don't let it out, don't let it out. That was don't the feeling, be, that was the vibe, that's what was idiot. happening. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> no, no. That was me. I was like, I'm the only... Like, no, you're the, like, don't be too jaunty. Don't right. be too jaunty. Don't be too <laughs> jaunty. Jill.
0: But yeah, no, we...
1: <laughs> Not being too jaunty is hard. I don't, I, it is hard.
0: When the natural jaunt just, just flows from you, you... To keep it down to regulated levels is quite a difficult thing. And so that was all fantastic. And then she does her talk and she talks about all the things that we want to hear about, stuff we knew from the books and other questions randomly that we asked. You know, I had questions that more so pertain to where we're going in season two with the ladies and what they might be doing in post-life stuff and oh, we should also say for those of you who on the Patreon and random social media things we watched episode 8. We did. Terrence watched it. He's in the know. He knows how it goes. And this was part of the thing. And actually it's really good that you did before we went to the living room talk because you've been all the way (laughs) fucked up. But we gotta shout out Daniela because she sent some wonderful magnets and a beautiful calendar with all these pictures. I initially kept the front of it away from Terrence because I was like it's a spoiler but see then it you now. just rolled your ass up in the studio and you're like
1: what is this <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, that was the problem That's no you did like, you just well, you gravitated towards it right we
1: need to see it. episode right. 8 now and i was
0: like oh what did i did i mess up did i no he saw I- a photo <laughs> and i was like oh shit so i guess we're watching episode 8 now and you were like i don't know i don't know i don't know and i was like no it won't ruin your angst for mariana because mariana coverage what we'll be doing in this historical nightcap is um well completely separate completely fucking separate from I forgot what I was going to say.
1: From uh, whatever episode it has. Yes, whatever is in the
0: finale, they're separate because we don't get to see, we don't have to see Mariana at one time. This is yesterday. We see that some of you lovely listeners are actually bothering to rate and review. We have done the worst and we acknowledge this and we're sorry that every time we attempt to do a giveaway, every time we try to do something like, hey, let's, let's interact, let's talk, let's, I don't know, let's give something away. And we try, we generally fail, but at least like Four or five of you have heard the message. You've heard the call. You've realized how sad and pathetic we are in terms of trying to handle a giveaway and what that entails. So for those of you who are starting to leave reviews and thing a thangs on the things and we where do you appreciate can leave it, it, we do appreciate it. And if for some reason you think we haven't found it, just send it in like a couple of you have done.
1: And if anyone cares, I totally cried. Episode eight, I cried. Oh, they care. <laughs> they care. I, uh... There was tears
0: and there was a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. I mean, wow. Well, I mean, one of the main things is the, the Ann Lister look that we have happening in this episode where she's just out of fucks to give. I mean, she has fucks to give because she's worried about her aunt when she's getting back. But she's out of fucks to give when she sees Dr. Kenny. Right. Oh, She throws see? him up against the wall. Right. And it's like, petticoats has gone. Right. Petticoat's done it, Ann Lister. Beat up Dr. Kenny. I've been looking for this violent energy against Dr. Kenny since he was perving on Ann Walker. So I was happy to see it. And uh, with her hair down and that ponytail, the endless swagger was turned all the way up to 1,000.
1: 1,000. And as far as um, <laughs> the events of that week, the events of the week that we have had is still, you would think that after all of what we just said, that that would be like, okay, just stay in bed for the rest of the week because nothing else is going to top said event. I get a confirmation from Ticketmaster. <laughs> Saying that I and my, my passes, my VIP, I, I don't know if it's because it's VIP or VIP presale, whatever it is, my ticket, my VIP, whatever this is, my orchestra seat VIP <laughs> for the Jagged Little Pill oh tour my God! that's taking place in June. I wait a minute, tickets.
0: wait a minute, wait a minute.
1: Let's, start, let's 6, go back, let's go back, let's go back. There were go back. over 6,000 people in the queue ahead of me. I have 6,000 jaunty
0: Alanis fans who were like, bitch, I've been waiting since I was in middle school, high school, just like us. Who are like, we've been waiting. We have hoped that this bitch would realize that her fans are, are still there and we got money to spend. So please, Alanis. Let us spend it with you. Okay, so Terrence tagged me in this article, and he forgot about it because <laughs> Listen, he was so I I was, right. he was so confused about how wonderful the lineup was. He was like, "It's not real. It's fake news. It's like the an Onion article." And he tagged it to me, and all I could do was react with a wow face because what happened immediately after that was I see the article and it says Alanis Morissette going on a Jagged little pill tour, and I immediately I'm like, hmm? "Say what?" And then it's like, "Oh, to be supported by Liz Fair and garbage Fact. and something." I became once again, as it happened way too often this week because we got more and walker, patron saint of the pictures, but I'll get to that later, where I was being super obnoxious to everyone around me. But immediately I was like, Oh my God, here oh we go. Hello, hello, anyone? Do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? And people are like Candice, what's your problem come down? I'm like, no, you don't get it. The heart of the nineties just came up to yes. me and said, Bitch, you were too young and you couldn't go then, but you can go now. I mean, I've seen Liz Fair, I've seen garbage, but that's not the point. I've not seen Alanis on Jagged Little Pill in particular, which is a major lament you know, past FOMO for me. Where I'm like, God, if I could have just seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I get to see Alanis with her lesbian corporate haircut. Come yes. on. Sorry. That's, that's what we're getting for Christmas. I mean, and, and, and it turns out that it's happening on a Friday of pride. Yes. Weekend in June. And it's her first thing that she's doing in her tours. Like it's like the first stop. So it's going to be hella great. And so as we mentioned in the go on fearlessly interview with the lovely ladies of the Ann Walker Memorial foundation that we're going to be doing a thing for pride jaunt for pride.
1: Hashtag jump for Pride.
0: Yes, to raise awareness of mental health support for LGBTQ youth and the foundation itself, and just to jaunt and be your your full queer self, uninhibited, whatever the fuck that is, whatever the fuck that looks like, and being out there, being full of pride and having fun and dancing. And so that weekend, I don't even know, y'all. I don't know. If any of you bitches are in the tri-state goddamn area, if any of you motherfuckers to a Love Alanis Morissette or Liz Fair or Garbage, in any capacity, if you've managed to whore yourself into that line. What did you say? 6,000 Q? Yeah,
1: six, it was 6,000 plus. I was like, Lord. If you
0: managed to fucking make it through. See, I was hibernating and Terrence knew that was a possibility. because I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be up super late. And so these tickets go on at 11. And it's quite possible that's in the overlap of my body says, bye, bitch. You're going to sleep. Shut down. And that's exactly what happened. And I woke up to his frantic screenshots of like Q, 2000, whatever the fuck. And I was like, oh, my God. But did we get it? But but did we get it? <laughs> right. Wait, is this just is this just the remnants of like a scary day? And so we got it, you guys. This is our formal invitation to any of you bitches who may have also gotten a ticket and are in the area and want to meet up. Let's do it. And also because it's Pride weekend. So then you can jaunt with us to Atlantis and see Fair and Garbage and then jaunt with us in the parade. Yes. For good purposes.
1: And if you want to wear your brace to the parade, we will not stop It'll here. be too hot
0: to wear brace. I
1: know. Well, okay, okay.
0: Let me amend that. The the jogger braids. But I have made those other dirty braids, which we talked about it. I made it. It's shorts slash boxers slash whatever you want them to be. Let's say go on fearlessly. I forgot to mention I had those under my braids, but no one got to see it. It was mostly for me.
1: <laughs> but we can have that. I, I'm sure I'll find something that I could wear that is comfortable, semi-breathable. I'll grit and bear it, and even if I can get something made, maybe.
0: Have you marched before in the Pride Parade, like for somebody?
1: Uh, I want to say, if not Neutral Zone for, I was about to say Staff Works. I've marched for, I've marched, but I mean, I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was. It was to the point where, like, we were doing like flips and stuff, and like no, no clapping no that's exactly what actually because that's the <laughs> shit
0: that happens especially when you're a baby gay and you're like yeah i'm gonna be out there and all it takes is one parade for that exhaustion to set through where you don't have energy to do a goddamn thing after it's done like i really thought the first time i was walking in the parade and dancing which is part of it right it's part of it because by the time you get all the way downtown to the motherfucking village and you start up in midtown you're like no how it's done i'm jaunting right to the nearest restaurant For some food and some water. And then I'm going home to take a nap. I will not be in the club. I will not be in the club this time. And that's what I figured out the first time is that, oh, so when I do this, I need an actual nap in between because Mm -hmm. I've walked this many miles. I have sweat this much. I was dancing the entire time and I'm just fucking done.
1: It's like shower and nap and then I wake up and it's what? It's only 1 a.m.? It's only 1 a.m. I could get to the city for maybe 2.30. People are still out. They're still out. And it's like, okay, I'll just get the last of the night, whatever it was. Yes,
0: currently working on my sketch for the Sleeves of Thirst and bribing the people I know with a vehicle to be like, come on, (laughs) let's make a float, you guys. But we are so excited that, I don't even know, it has to be because Alanis is is doing well or feeling confident or something about the Jagged Little on Broadway, that she was like, oh, people still into it? People are still into it? Let me go back on tour. <laughs> yes, bitch, I'm sorry, it took 25 fucking gears for you to realize that good music is always good music. It's always it's good. It's always gonna be good. So it has been a very, very, very loaded week for us. We've been super excited, which is why we just straight up jaunted into this intro. And will be undoubtedly completely ridiculous for the rest of this goddamn recording. Take
1: another sip. Take a little sip sip. Woo! Okay. I just have to remind myself that that is just how Ooh, that did you, feels. I saw you doing the chemistry with the
0: little bottle. And I'm like, what is <laughs> in that little bottle? Something some, mm. some intense. Oh, I also wanted to say, I guess before we move totally off of Jill Lennington. That I just thought it was super cool that she was adding perspective of LGBTQ history as it related to the UK in particular. Because there were some things I knew, but then other things I was like, oh, I didn't know that much about it in terms of the deliberate effort and campaign to keep Anne Lister's gayness, her lesbianism, just out of the lexicon of what was being talked about. Even though there was multiple people who were not Elena Whitbread or Joe Littington or whomever translating and they were like oh well this oh what is Gribble, uh, mm, Mm-hmm. nope and so just renewed my overall appreciation for like historians that go farther but especially queer historians people who have an interest in telling potentially a more full story about a, a queer person because it means something to them as well I mean for example let's take Emily Dickinson historian Martha Nell Smith I don't know if you're familiar with this author no the name chance, I are can't
1: Not immediately. She's one of
0: the foremost, um, I guess, Emily Dickinson historians. But she published the book Rowing in Eden, Rereading Emily Dickinson in 1992. And much like Helena Whitbread, presented the first heavily sort of researched academic assertion of an important historical figure's queerness. They're like, look at these receipts that I've studied intensely to say, I think this person was a little gay.
1: I mean... I feel like more people should do that with more people from history, but I feel like you got to fact check the heads. (laughs) You just got
0: to fact check the heads to be on the safe side.
1: uh, I mean, Oscar Wilde was not the only one. That's all I'm going to say. And truly was not. I mean, yeah, actually
0: in 1951, there was another author, sort of preceding Martha and I want to say she published in 51. It was called The Riddle of Emily Dickinson that was just sort of like dancing around the subject of it was was she gay it was a situation (laughs) with Sue gay and then there was also an article in the 70s that sort of danced around it as well but it wasn't until Martha in the 90s first in 92 and then she actually published another book in 98 which was entitled in case anyone's interested I highly recommend it open me carefully Emily Dickinson's letters to Susan Huntington Dickinson, and that came out in ninety eight. And really, I don't know how you read it and don't see the, the gay flying free. Just the queer well, is everywhere. it's erotic off, is romantic. It's letters. Fox.
1: So from queer. there, I already know. It's right? Queer. It's letters. It's literally <laughs> if you open
0: the time vault, Taylor's oldest time. Queers writing letters to each other. Right. It's there. It's what, it's what, we, what we do. do. <laughs> it's what we do. It's what we do. And that's something we can all say about the stories of Ann Lister. And and walkers that they mean something to real queer people in the world who happen to hear it, who are like, okay, here are these two ladies living in their truth, and they dealt with problems, but they persevered, and that's beautiful, especially in this god-awful time that is known as the Georgian era, aka shady ass Britain with the haters of Halifax. Mm. So it's even more remarkable. A
1: pro term haters of Halifax, especially with what we learned about their history and also oh the god. erasure yeah. of crow's nest the golf course formerly known as crow's, crow's nest, nest golf
0: course i am offended okay only grubbles should be happening on the crow nest lands not annoying men hitting their balls right see that <laughs> right it's i feel just, like that's it's... what mrs Priestley wanted in the end and i'm upset that she has it Fully only, but... only i could trespass on that land oh my god you if just jill liddington totally <laughs> said she broke the law she trespassed she was like i love the way she I, said it I'll, trespass I'll just pop over when you trespass
1: i just i'll just I'll my just girl that's and the see. way to do it it's <laughs> trespass she said if anything i'll just apologize that i was looking for you know something some, some other place have
0: you ever trespassed into any place
1: oh i got a ticket for it because the nypd oh, is well. Uh, okay (laughs) where 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 where? i may or may not have been going on a late night jaunt with one of my well i shouldn't say that (laughs) my barber my well my friend formerly my barber um i mean you have to have a certain level of bond with someone who you let touch your face and hair whatever anyway it's not important so my barber and we were doing some sightseeing and sightseeing in the city um, we ended up in the city park after dark. And, city park after dark. You know, ah. there were people there, you know, getting their jaunt on or whatever. But what I did not know was that there were also um, uh, people there to say, hey, um, you are not allowed to be here at this time of day. So give me your information and take this ticket and whatever. Right. So, you know, really put a damper
0: on the mood. I can see that. I You say you were jaunting outside in the darkness in New York City. And I remember a particular time that I argued with the police. And to be fair, it was a nexus of things that were happening at that time that did not make it the best situation. Okay, let me preface this by saying, mm, I was at a playgirl party with some friends. And it was open bar. And it was chocolate flavored vodka and people yeah it was one of those things where like when you go in there and they're like hey we're gonna be taking photos and you're like "Mm, I don't know but then they give you enough booze that you're like oh oh I see because I'll tell you something, tarons. the photos that came out of that night were fucked up. But after we left that place, it was in Soho. So we're like, oh, this is, this is you know, you're walking drunk. <laughs> you get to the park. And I was trying to swing on the swings. Now, I did have some associates and friends with me who were a little bit too drunk. But the cops didn't see them when they were harassing me on the swings because, you know, it's illegal to swing on the damn swings. And All I right. understand that it's to, you know, try to get a handle on pedophilia and child assault and creepy people hang out in parks. By the same time, it was like, Past midnight, no children are in the park. No one is there. I can get to the swing. Why can't I swing? Isn't life stressful enough that if I can see a public swing, I should be able to swing and get my whole fucking life on that goddamn swing? I'm just saying. And so I argued with the police that day because they were like, the park is closed. And I'm like, but the door is open. They're like, yeah, but it's closed. And I'm like, yeah, but it's public property. They're like, yeah, but it's not. And I'm like, yeah, but I pay taxes. We went back and forth for a
2: while.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> what happens when I have too much chocolate vodka and super embarrassing? and. You know, this girl probably never listened to the podcast, but she... She had to pee. Oh, Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes. College days means pre-diva. cup. Oh! So she had to use the baño. And she was like, where doth I go? (laughs) There's nothing here. Oh, look. There's an ATM. But you know how ATMs got the glass windows? So you can just look and see what's happening in there. So... Uh shorty doo went up in there and she let it all let it all fly in the ATM right directly in front of the window. And that's what happened that day. And then proceeded to get a, a ticket <laughs> from the police, as you might imagine, for public. I don't even know what that's called. Is it well, lewdness? Well, I forget okay, what it's called so when you pee in public. I'm no stranger for these kinds of <laughs> <laughs> offenses Are dudes ever? Are dudes ever? Because I feel like you motherfuckers just whip the shit out
1: and pee whenever you want. it did a random... Officer of the law is like, the hell are you doing are you pissing? <laughs> <was> like Really? <laughs> like I mean, you know Obviously what's officer. happening. Obviously. Right. Um, but it's called um, let's see. The first one besides the um indecency exposure, which could get into right, weird exposure, right. That gets into weird like pedo lanes as far right, as like registries. On, right. But then there's one where it's um like something uh, unnecessary discharge of bodily fluids. So that ticket... Unnecessary discharge I mean, of bodily fluids? Is I that what it's go. called? When, yes. this, when the freaking yes. flasher yes. on the F-train got me? Oh, his, oh, no, no, no. With his it... nasty self? Oh. But like, yeah. Unauthorized you pee, discharge. And it's not a toilet. It's like... Right. The discharge of bodily fluids that happened the way it happened. It was like not right. <laughs> so that's essentially what that ticket Sorry. is trying to say. Sorry. Maybe they have better wording for it now. I just know what the tickets were called back when. You know, the, when... the cops have
0: not increased any wording <laughs> or anything. They really haven't.
1: And this is why I am not an officer of the law today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
1: Oh! Um, one last Jill thing since we are about yes, to Yes, yes, please, please, please. We get an autograph. Oh, she and signed my book. Sorry, this is. I know and, I'm
0: being obnoxious, y'all. Obnoxious. I'm sorry.
1: We decided to try to figure out if there was a way that we could give her some swag that she could. Oh dance. my god! Right? How did I forget to mention that? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me? Too much drum shadows There was a lot god. that happened this week, so this is why. Right? There's just tears of information. Look at the like, damn waveform. I mess. mean, but but
0: but also but please continue and um now so that I know where you're you know going there was this.
1: there was you know we have like the hoodie and you know there's this t-shirt and there's like these bracelets and i'm just like oh, i'm not sure what what um what you can or what what you feel like taking i know you're about to fly and you know it's ridiculous and hard to try to pack and so like this is bulky these are i mean these are probably like play things I'm, like i mean but maybe the maybe this t-shirt and she's like, well, what's, what's this? And she's looking at it. And she's reading <laughs> it. Mm. Mm. And, and then she read her. it like, aloud. What says? Yeah, she read it Okay, yeah.
0: You didn't sufficiently she, she tell like, people how awkward you were being. And we both. And we were trying to, because you like looked at me, you were like, Katis, I don't know how to. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to. Because we had the Lestorian tea and a go on fearlessly hoodie. Made with love by our own hands in the studio. And so we were just like, we're just like, yeah. And when we got up there, we were just like, yeah, here, here. hello. Right. <laughs> really liked major's domain. And so we finally are able somehow to get her eyes to look at the tea, to be like, I don't know if you just want to, I don't know, like you could throw it out. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. You could just look at it. Yeah, and she liked happened. it.
1: Yeah, she did. She, was she like, read yeah, it aloud. She was like, um, so... Do you want me to take a picture with it? She- She's coming offered. She's I was like, up. I was like, ma'am, I'm about to run the <laughs> fuck out of here screaming. You don't have to
0: do anything, but you want to take a picture. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we have a picture that some of you or at least those of you who are following us on the social media Bobs, have seen a smiling Terrence looks very happy. I just kind of like I'm in shock because that's exactly what was happening at yeah. that moment. Uh-huh. I wasn't all together. I nearly left my book. And the little the the plate thing that she signed, the right. analyst plate like, thing. She was like, I was so out of source. <laughs> she said my name and I heard her say my name and I was like, What? Candis? Who's saying that? I was like, Candace. Oh. I was like, Candis? oh Oh. the book. Uh, right. Miss uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a mess. Thank you so much for returning my book to me and this thing. So I was just literally hopping around, jumping around out of control. And then just even better to spend like what did we spend like an hour ish? Probably a little bit. Maybe a little past that. Maybe a little past after the the talk, just talking to other Gentleman Jack fans. Yes. And Relating experiences and stuff. Why we love the show. We met a couple of listeners.
1: Right. That was. I was. I mean. I was happy. Like I expected it, but I didn't expect that. At the same time, I didn't like, expect that. Right. No, I didn't. So um, I was like, well, here, like here, swag. You're like, we like, we're like, like take this shit. <laughs>
0: right. Just we're always just trying to give shit away. Please, please take it. Take these bracelets. I was
1: like, you know what this means. You appreciate this. And then even when they didn't know it, and I got to say what it meant. I was like, oh, this is this is darling. This right. is I was
0: like, like, well, it's not dirty. It's sentimental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey,
0: But the next one will be, the next thing will definitely be a dirty joke. I'm not even going to say what it is. Tara knows what it is. Mm-hmm, I'm working mm-hmm. on it. Out of control, per usual. But you guys, that's me. That's just me being on brand at this point. But yeah, those Joe Littington moments were fantastic and all the people oh and shout out to the fellow I met who was like I can make a great coat and I was like bitch let yes. me let me assign an assignment that is not for myself because I have too many assignments I cannot make a great coat but you 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 just do period pieces right you motherfucker make me a goddamn great coat so I
1: can jaunt around what 1820s 1830s that is definitely in my <laughs> purview and I was like is oh, oh, is it is Good. it that is yeah. in your pr- I listen 19th yeah. century fashion yeah it's it's going to it's 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 gonna be me. It's gonna be you know me. what. <laughs> It's gonna you know be what?
0: Me. This show got me so fucked up. That's what I was thinking too after we watched the season finale because, and this is something that just has continued. And my friend who I was watching Gentleman Jack with originally in the first airing can recall like my astonishment and how I would not shut the fuck up about Saran Jones' aesthetic as endless during in the final scene because it was serving all these things that I like to see but I rarely get to see. And I don't know if this might seem ridiculous, but this was one of the first correlations I made to like her vision in my mind. Just out of nowhere. And I'm pretty sure this probably has to do with like my own influences and what I've seen. What is romance? What is this? But it was uh Last of the Mohicans. And Last of the Mohicans, of course, is a bit problematic in the years removed. Yeah. One of the huge reasons being that they conflate the tribes, the Mohicans and the Mohigans, as being one tribe, which they are not. And other things and things. But when I was a child, my mom was into it. You know, she loves a good fucking romance story. And a lot of het propaganda didn't really make its way through. I feel like the het's tried and they often failed. I was like, no, I'm not buying it. No, I don't think that's romantic. No, I think that's toxic. Oh, I think that's fucked up. Oh, like, why is he following her until she says yes, that's fucking weird. But for Last of the Mohicans, just something about the period piece, the music, the score was really fantastic. Fucking Daniel Day-Lewis and Madeline Stowe.
1: That sounds right. Yeah, that she played
0: right. the love interest opposite, and oh, and oh my fucking god, Jodie May—that's motherfucking Vera Hobart. Vera, Harba- Vera, Vera <laughs> Hobart plays the younger sister, and I don't—I totally had a crush. I don't know why. Why did it take till right now for me to figure that out? What is going on?
1: Maybe it's the—I don't know. What's in this drink? It's a weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> booze too much of it weird coincidence but perhaps there's some sort of like a known sapphic correlation in my subconscious that linked last of the mohicans to the final episode of gentleman jack because hey jody may mm-hmm. and so i just the score was really fantastic and the concept of this ultimate ride or die love like, I will do everything I need to find you. I will do everything I need to try to save you. We will be reunited again no matter how long, no matter how
1: far, I will find you. Yeah. You weeped.
0: You yeah. weeped. Big it tears. Was, Big fat tears.
1: There were lots of things to feel. Um, <laughs> so I can't, many things. I can't wait till um, we get to be able to fully, fully dive in the moment by moment.
0: And I know the listeners can't hour wait either. <laughs> by hour
1: because, yes, there was. There was lots of tension, um, lows, but also highs, which I wasn't getting. See, why have you brought that? It was, <laughs> why have you brought that? It was like... It I, took us...
0: On a journey. To a place. <laughs> right. yeah, to, a place.
1: It, it, to a place. It's It was it was a lot. It was a lot. And I just wanted to it's be It's still a to, lot
0: because it's in process. Right. Like, right? It's no, a I lot.
1: No, That's why it's like... It was such a... I don't want to use the word relief, but it was... It was It was refreshing to be able to just be in a different mind frame and to have that sense of closure in a bit for what things could resolve and be. Because things were looking more and more impossible. Just moment to moment, things got increasingly
0: episode seven stressed (laughs) you the fuck out it did
1: it yes
0: so between the snacks we got and like your anxiety i was like we just gotta get we gotta rip the band-aid off the
1: finale because it has to happen i'm sure there's a version of it recorded somewhere somebody's got footage it's
0: It's on the (laughs) patreon it's on the patreon you could have swam in those tears they were so big stop a drought with those tears.
1: I just want my ladies to win. I was about to say, I just want my women to win. There
0: was a lot of losing happening in episode seven in ways that we did not appreciate. And we won. We won a lot in the season finale. I mean, there were so many ways to win. So many ways to win. And I'm trying not to immediately launch into why. Why? Right, like And I'm like Walker's journey is such a poetic and amazing journey. But holy fuck. We could talk for a little second about Ann look, I guess. Because that that was a that was a fantastic part of the finale, yes. superficially. But also, it's the kind of content I deserve. I deserve. Because one thing, you know, I've been talking to you several times over the course of stuff where I'm like, oh, I'm lamenting content that I'm not getting. And the definite vibe that I was getting from Ann um colonialist garb, which normally I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it was soldier. No, it Lady was. soldier. It was going into battle into war and the way she ran up on Kenny Dr. Kenny <laughs> she got up she got him by his neck and was like listen listen if you guys could see me I'm angling my elbow and I got it up in Kenny's neck and that was hot it was one of the hottest things yes. and ever did do yes. in this whole show and we know that I've been waiting for any kind of violence at all against Dr. Kenny since the first moment the first frame where he perved on Ann Walker and I was like Kill the beast! <laughs> Get him out of here! Eject!
1: And why isn't Aunt Anne
0: disturbed by his disturbing fucking face?
1: Well, we'll talk about that journey and we'll also talk about the Coles and we'll be talking about. Well, oh, yeah, I kind Kohl's, of really want to talk Kohl's, about the Coles. Mm-hmm. Sorry, because there's now that I'm. I'm trying to not be revved, but yes. Is this you
0: also getting revved for like season three possibilities
1: <laughs> with the Uh Because of how
0: we left
1: in the season finale? yeah, With yes. the business? Uh, something, something's got to make money. Something,
0: something. Well, I mean, since her money-making bay, or she's not making money, but she, she's making money by existing because that's how Ann Walker makes money. Right. She exists. So her money-making bae is back in the scene. <laughs> she has opportunitized. And as we learned from Joe Liddington, they will explore their opportunities oh, sure for investment will. and growing their wealth. But everything about the season finale was just so poetic and beautiful. I don't consider myself a cheese person especially when it comes to like films i'm thinking more of a cynic in that sense because i enjoy tragedy but they got me they got me and and gentleman jack i I was like is this what the heads look at on lifetime channel is this what they get oh my god wait You mean the wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a dual chemical reaction with that fourth wall break because it's like something that can give you chills because you're just like, wow. But then also you're so excited, but then also because it's got that swag. It's just all these emotions in once. And I don't know how many times did that take. I don't know if they did it more than once. I don't know what Sally or anyone was thinking that day. I just know that Saran nailed it in that hit. And if it was the first fucking take, they were like, cut, print. We're done with the fucking seat. We're good. Let's move it into the church. Like Saran, that was, fucking perfect you just fucking got it i just, i'm so so annoyed with how amazing you are as Anne lister incredible give
1: her all the awards right now i'm just happy that people are daring to create with a different gaze in mind oh, and please. that people are funding yes. said visions well so- i mean let's slow down <laughs>
0: Poor Sally took like 20 years for us to, for her to make this. And we just saw those Golden Globe noms come in. And I mean, I don't know who I have to fucking fight in the international journalists, whatever the fuck group that they are in. Because where is Saran Jones nod? Where is Sophie Rundles? Where is Sally Wayne writes? What about the other two bitches who directed episodes? You mean to tell me there's not a single nomination for script writing, for set design, for acting? For crew work, special effects for when Henry flew to the four corners, really, really. Someone worked hard that day. What is going on? But you know what? Let's just call it what it is. Let's call a fucking fish a fish. And then there's nothing lady centered, really, in the Golden Globe nominations. They said, fuck women directors. Fuck women creators. We don't care. Here's a bunch of dudes. Remember that song I told you from Flight of the Conchords? Too many dicks dicks on on the the dance dance floor. floor. Yep. Too many dicks. Too many dicks on the dance floor. And they're the
1: wrong dicks. Which makes it worse because you still got the Jer- Jerome shut out like this just a lot. <laughs> you too. Right. It's just. Fuck Ugh.
0: these dicks. What the fuck? So I'm really dismayed about that. I, there's a number of people I would have enjoyed to see get a, a look for their hard work in this past year of media creation. The majority of those people are women and the majority of them were left out of the party. So <sighs> fingers still crossed that people would recognize the talent of Gentleman Jack we we said we were going to address that list on Wawa well, well, Villanelle. Oh yeah, of, we sure will. It was from the Advocate and it said something like top was it lesbian? No, no, no. no. It was top LGBT shows right. of the decade, am I correct? Let me check on Twitter right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's about right and then way way all the way at the bottom towards Oh, the way at the bottom. Like I want to say like 40, maybe like 46 or something like that.
0: Bitch. 46? They have 50? I'm about to go I click it wrong. right now. A number of listeners send it to us because both of our major shows that we cover are there which are Gentleman Jack and Killing Eve. But but for how different and subversive the content is, the listing did not show it. So at 20 was American Horror Story. 19 was Gentleman Jack. And I said, bitch you got Gentleman Jack one notch above American Horror Story? And so Gentleman Jack's number 19 Killing Eve was 16. And that's partly why I'm upset at this list, because I feel like not just whatever the writer thinks is important, but actual tangible impact on society. And if we use tangible impact on society, doesn't Gentleman Jack deserve to be number one? Um, why Who no, else no, why has increased their tourism? Who else is creating home whole many small economies? Who else has inspired a bunch of queers to take pilgrimages to Halifax and every grubble location they can see? Patron Saint of Thirst is on tour right now in motherfucking halifax courtesy of caitlin and emily
1: i saw you again okay, right you were i was gonna say as you can them. see it's been an eventful eventful week it has we have to talk about our updates from our lovely beloved patron saint the first and her tour <laughs> i love her how you tour. you're
0: well yes we should talk about it now but i love how you're acting like she like she
1: <laughs> the patron saint herself is on tour right. not via those, proxy those of vapors, two of our sir. lovely listeners just sending those vapors, uh, the vapors of love out to everywhere.
0: The gay agenda? Well, oh. that's
1: what, well
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, that's what I call it. So shout, shout, shout to Caitlin and Emily, who have been doing the Lord's the work. Lord's truly, work. truly. Taking the patron saint and spreading her vapors across the globe. Why don't you give the listeners a rundown of where she's been?
1: <laughs> uh, I was about to sing the the rockapella version of like, you know, Karma Say Diego. Uh, oh gosh right let's see oh yes our most recent leg Woo! we have been we've made it to shibden hall not only. Kind of a big deal. Yes. This is like one of the it's biggest. kind of a big deal. Obduous. Especially <laughs> since we
0: won't be going to the birthday weekend with all you lovely people. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not upset at all. We we we're, not, we're We not. feel like we'll be missing out, but we're, it's, it's fine. Right. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's it's okay. Because Emily and Caitlin have decided to make sure that the patron saint makes her way to Shibden and Halifax and the Gruba, the gig. Because there's a There's a picture. <laughs> there's a picture. And then Grober, I that's that was sort of me screaming about every photo we saw because I was like, wait a minute, wait a goddamn second. Are you telling me this candle has been to every sacred lesbian and queer grubble spot that we have identified during our annual, our course, yes. our venture pilgrimage into Gentleman Jack and everything that just fills the world of Gentleman Jack, including all the real life historical spots. I mean,
1: my gosh. You guys, if you've not seen the photos, you have to go to the Insta They're and see. amazing. Do you think the spirit of George still haunts this? Oh, play forth. <laughs> well, uh, I hope not. I hope, I hope only the
0: spirit of grubbles is haunting that gig. I hope that when queer people visit, they spontaneously feel like having a little bit of, uh, like a little Mariana moment, seven minutes in heaven. Right. Freddie. There's there's,
1: Freddy. There's probably signs of the tour guards. Like you may at this moment feel like you need to have ravenous. Yeah. There's the wind blows. Sex, right? the, the wind blows. <laughs> and they're like, what's that breeze, Sappho? It
0: sounds like, <laughs> it feels like we should get a grubble on. I hope that is Part of the Anne Walker legacy of Fist in Britain, but yeah, you guys, I felt like I was visiting personally with the candle because I can't be in Halifax right now, can't go, but to just see you guys living it up and then taking all these beautiful pictures with a with a candle by the altar in the church, you guys know what church. Inside the church, the POV, the POV from when they, after they take the sacraments and they link up pinkies, we have that POV. Looking down the altar, we have outside the church from when Ann Lister gives that. Very swaggy, very chalky. um, Definitely her yes. best and most beautiful smile yes. of the whole series when she's like, got the girl. We got that outside shot. We got all kinds of stuff, including them and their lovely, wonderful, beautiful faces sitting in yes. the pews. Are you guys getting, you know what? Let me now put that out there in case no one's popped the question. Groceries for Candace
1: Delete. <laughs> I like the top hat on the bed. Oh, well. <laughs>
0: you know, I've read stuff about like people doing fun stuff and making jokes and things when they get into Ann Lister's mock bedroom, because I, I read it like it's not her real thing, but it's like a mock. But I, you know, you know the dirty jokes have to be had whenever I make it into that room. But yes, the all kinds of photos of Shibden Hall, the table, where like where the Shibdons were the shiptons where all, all, all the, the, the listers would fight, right. And, uh, and it saddens me. And it saddens me. <laughs> Every day. Every day. We saw that they lit the candle by like a little memorial. That was for Ann Walker, which touched me yes. deeply. Very fucking deeply. And just fucking being in Shebden with you guys pointing to Ann was portrait. And knowing that the patron saint of thirst is in the same place. You guys are adorable and truly, like we already said, doing the Lord's work of helping to spread the gay and the vapors. Oh, ladies, we thank you every time you send us some photos we are truly tickled and over the moon and this makes it kind of like okay in halifax in april there's always 2021 there's always 2021 no we're gonna be there oh, obnoxious yeah. as fuck but yeah we'll be there it's super important to spread the positivity of the vape is around because unfortunately we have people who are dicks it's like those um those moms that are protesting the lifetime channel or whatever or is it the hallmark channel because there was some sort of kiss between two women in a commercial and so you know no, that section of people's <sighs> like oh god let's get our signs they're like it's the gay agenda and you know why i'm such an asshole because i'm like yeah it is the gay agenda hide your daughters hide your wives hide i'm coming watch out hide your grandma too bitch i got that ann lister energy and they're like oh my god so that's me feeding into the fears of <laughs> that. because whenever they say gay agenda, i'm like you're damn right it's the gay agenda it's coming for your ass watch out But, you know, here we are for a very, what we've already said, ridiculous historical nightcap where we are going to be talking about (laughs) the background, the historical background, real life background of Ann Lister and Mariana Lawton. In particular, primarily with some cameos paid by other women who were just involved and into the scene with Ann Lister at the same time as she was supposed to be. Quote unquote, committed. Uh, Right. Committed to Mariana. And I suppose committed she was, but exclusively. (laughs) Nah, that wasn't what that was. And I just, when I was going back over my copious, copious notes of things and like, I basically have a timeline that starts around 1816 to about 1826, where I have major moments I think probably did a thing or swayed a thing or left an impression or whatever, whatever. And, you know, sometimes you have to wonder about like self-awareness, like what we said about Tib, where you out here being messy as fuck, a whole ass disrespectful mess. To Tib, but you are upset about what Mariana's doing while you have that same disrespectful energy to another lady, like Mrs. Barlow, eventually. But I will also argue that this is partly Mariana's impact. That if I if I go even broader on a philosophical scale, that I think that when you enter into a union, that at the very root of it, it is toxic, it is not honest, it is not expressed with with truth. Because how could it be in the sense that Mariana was already had committed herself to Charles and that was her first priority? Like, she can say to Anne, you're my priority, but not really. Her husband is her priority, and then you come later. And so I think that if you start the thing, like, if you build a house on a shitty foundation, it's going to be harder to keep that house built, right? Yep. You know, on some three-pig shit, but you're building with hay instead of stone. And so I've lined out the places where they take the sacraments and they go to the things. So you can see when it happens, what's going on. But before we get all that, to, we got to go to script breakdowns with Sally. So I realized we didn't cheers. This is throwing Nightcap. I realize I'm on my third gym, and well, um, it is what it is. I realized your vitamin <laughs> water's looking pretty fucking empty. But let's cheers anyway. Um, um, to dramatic rubbles. I'm mad you cheers that whole gym <laughs> bottle, but I let it go. <laughs> so now it's time for a Script Breakdowns with Sally. Oh my God, these cookies are so good. <laughs> I, just <wanted> to say. <laughs> I just wanted to say stuff in my face. All right, Tio, yeah, Ranger Joe. So in the scripts, It starts out as it does in the show with Lee busy doing her morning chores, and she hears a knock at the back door. And because nobody's around, she's like, "Let me go get this shit myself."
1: Um, Should we kind of say that she was in the middle of? um... (laughs) (laughs) Go. Good lord. Um. Good
0: lord. Well, 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 go ahead. Go. So
1: (laughs) she may have been in the middle of preparing. Uh, some some meats in the sense of deboning, perhaps. <laughs> so you have to imagine accordingly. That's like covered in, in guts and blood. So it's disgusting. Just just think of that when you think of accordingly answering the, this door and it's knocking.
0: So the only notes that are really here about Thomas Beach is what you might expect. No, oh, he's good looking. And that his face lights up at the sight of him. Well, and the note made from Marion while they're at breakfast is that Marion gazing at Thomas, she can barely take her eyes off him. Anne's more interested in her newspaper than in Thomas. And of course, it's Anne who Thomas is fascinated by with her eccentric appearance.
1: So now you have this triangle of uh, attention where it's like. It's, right, Mary, it's always right. redirected
0: in a different direction. Uh-huh. Mary's checking out Thomas, Thomas is checking out Anne. Aunt, Anne's checking out her fucking paper. Is
1: that not the queer way where it's like, it's <laughs> a game of like affectionate dominoes where it's like, I'm feeling you, but you're feeling him and he's feeling me. So we can do some math, quick maths. Quick and maths. We, can, we can all walk away from here happy or, <laughs> or.
0: I feel like too, like for me personally, a lot of times I'm oblivious. Oh. And that's because if I don't, if I'm not in the specific mindset, I honestly just, I don't clock shit. And so people always say like, my sister's actually really good at that. She's ridiculous, but we'll be out walking somewhere. She's like, oh my God. And I'll be like, what the fuck? And she like, that person, they just did this look. And I was like, girl, I don't even, I don't know. I'm too busy jaunting. I don't care. And the New Yorker in me that just like instinctively tries to ebb to men, do not fucking talk to me.
1: You mentioned New York and I think of how Ann Lister would have loved new york city mm-hmm. you're not walking fast enough like everything about it walking wait the traffic light turns. she doesn't care she is jaunting across that street just
0: i would just like to see Anne <laughs> step up to a, a cat caller oh. all extra shit like she did to the dude in the carriage in the first episode oh yes or right. ainsworth or motherfucking southon <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just his his voice drops like three decibels and he's just like oh i was just a oh ma'am I'm sorry excuse me
2: ma'am
0: there is a note to something you mentioned when we were talking about it in the last episode that you feel like Marion was thinking back on Abbott and how Anne really didn't give a solitary shit about how she was trying to get something going with Abbott and there is a note here by Sally that says for Marion after Anne just sort of like motions that he can go away with a flick of her hand it says Marion Lister wistful she's still suffering from Mr. Abbott's indifference what a lovely face. And so that's the lead-in to her being like, so I'm like, is she supposed to be Ms. acting she nice? Eyes? Is she? Right. Why are we acting like people was um, doing a thing back then? Because they weren't. That's not how courting worked. I mean, I suppose if you were a wretch, you might try to sleep with a woman prior to Like, he's looking for
1: work, and he was sent to, you <gasps> know, hopefully get this job. So, I mean...
0: Thomas is trying to travel. He's trying to see the world.
1: He has nice eyes.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Marion. It's his eyes you're checking out. Did you even notice what color they were? Oh, and the final note for this scene is after Ann Lister says she's always all right. And the note says, but we know she isn't. We know she's still carrying the great sadness of the failure of her relationship with Anne Walker. So we all definitely feel that in the scene. For sure. I don't know why I highlighted Eliza Washington going, soundly me. But it's probably because <laughs> I read it in your accent. And I don't I mean, even know what that accent is, per se.
1: It's hard to pinpoint, it just comes out when it wants to. Oh I know, oh I
0: know. And so we go through the scene with Thomas and being like, oh it's perfect. Looking at the cartography and things that are going on with Washington. And there's a bit of a note made after he's sort of like, have you, when have you guys even fucking met? When did that even happen? That it's his own fault. Because after Thomas says, oh you know when you sent her and Eliza over
1: to the crib with the message? Two months ago so in that in that short amount of time you guys thought it would be a good idea to get married which well because is... <laughs> he was like when
0: did y'all even meet and so thomas is like you we met because of you because you sent the letter and so they have washington's being like well shit so i guess it's my fault i did it. <laughs> i did it great i should know it only takes a look with uh two heterosexuals in halifax and so I mean, what was i thinking I mean,
1: that's how i met your mother so it's only oh, fair
0: That's the Washington accent? You know what? I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. (laughs) There's also a note that after Thomas implies that Miss Lister would prefer for him to be married to Susanna, there's a note that Washington takes that in between Ann Lister and his wife. He's going to be stuck between a rock and a hard place. So that's interesting. But I suppose that's the way it worked in these times, especially with the aristocracy still looming everywhere, is that people with position or power or influence did that so it didn't really matter what the fuck you thought it mattered what they thought and how they could then use that to influence your actions oh what i thought was super fun was we made a joke about marion when she's coming back to shibden after going to halifax with thomas that she was jaunting and it looked like you thought she could have been mrs Priestley because she was so pressed
1: right she was super pressed
0: she was and sally makes a note to say he walks discreetly behind marion who walks at quite a lick Parentheses, we might even be excused for imagining it's end for a second. And so yeah. I was like, oh, she's definitely jaunting then. That's exactly what the fuck that was. So that's cool. There's also a note in effect to what we said about the servants
1: when Marion is like, what's going on? What's the deed? That they were looking intently from the other side. I'm like, I know. Just hide, just hide. Steal yourself away and, and do work. <laughs>
0: So there's a note that, like, Ann Lister is incensed and conscious that they'll be overheard. So she ushers Marion into the dining room. So that was, you read that entirely correctly. There is also mention that she unlocked a secret wall panel. With the key she keeps about her person at all times. So that Lister key we mused about is indeed a Lister key. Huh. It's there. It's on her at all times. It's like those people with the briefcases were like, it never leaves my wrist. Slight action change where it says that Anne reaches out to give Marion a reassuring big sisterly squeeze in the arm. But Marion pulls away from her. So minor change, but Saran Jones grabbed for her thigh, her leg, and Marion was like, get the fuck. Don't fucking touch me. I'm traumatized. So we have our first deleted scene at Langton Hall in the carriage house. So this is after Ann Lister has her scene with her lawyer where they're talking about stuff and Washington. And they ask her at the end of the scene, when is she going to be back from York? And she's like, oh, Friday. And so this deleted scene happens right after that. And it's one of those moments where Sally is trying to give lines to a lovely extra who was like, oh, shit, no, no, that was... Okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. It's not really about me. And so the scene starts exterior carriage house Langton, day. Autumn 1832. The carriage house doors are pulled open from without, revealing Anne Lister standing outside the carriage house, with Thomas Beach now dressed in his full Lister livery. With them, having opened the door for them, is one of the Northcliffe's outdoorsmen, gamekeeper, Brearley, an unhappy man. What they're looking at inside the carriage house is Anne's yellow carriage. And Brearley, who is this outdoorsman who works for the North Cliffs, says, <laughs> this is fucked up. I like I was starting to say it in my head in your voice. So I'm just going to let you read it. It's Beerly.
1: I have to remember who. All right, give me. A it's only,
0: he's the only one really talking.
1: And then you can swi- swipe oh, the page. Okay, got it. Mm. <laughs> it's had an earring, mom. And a <laughs> polish. And I oiled the axles when Miss Norcliffe told me you were coming to collect it. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, he's, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Lister, <laughs> my last groom was shot out of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> At Lincoln, earlier this year, just over there, <laughs> that's why the carriage is here. It's the first opportunity I've had to collect it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to imagine. it's. So he's just trying to figure out, wait. So, so the job I want, like somebody... Just this year had this job and was shot. <laughs> right.
0: And so Sally has notes about, like, really doesn't want to complete the sentence and Thomas picks up on his discomfort. And there's an awkward silence where Tom is like, what? Before Ann was just like, oh, my groom was shot. You know, he shot out a fucking tree. Like, it's no big deal. Like, earlier this year, just over there. Actually, right over there. Right over there, he bled out. Right there. And that tree <laughs> is where he fucking bled out. They have Ann doing an action of walking around the carriage to inspect it. And that Thomas goes... Discreetly to Briley to be like, "Yo, what? A, so, so what's up with this groom getting shot? Like, what's the what's the skinny?" And they have Thomas Beaches saying, "Shot dead. What was he doing up a tree?" And those are good questions about why was he in that tree. Briley says that he was scaring some carrying crows and that they were culling him. And Thomas asks, "So who 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 shot him?" When they have Briley like shaking his head like he's fucking traumatized by this vision, like he's seeing it right
1: now. <laughs> Well, the only person with a steady shot shot him, of course. Well,
0: so after Thomas is like, who shot that bitch? He's like, I did. It was me.
1: <laughs> and between you and me, Mr.
0: Beach, I don't think he's ever left. I'll be glad to be if you've taken the carriage. And so this dude basically implies that George Playforth is haunting the carriage. And so this is clearly something they tried to or they thought about putting as like an under thing with mm-hmm. the servants that Thomas is creeped out by the carriage and whatever. But yeah, so that didn't make it in. But that's there. Thomas had what one piece of
1: line this whole episode? So then this could tie into what Cordingly was yes, telling him. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, yes, yes, exactly. George Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You got it. We didn't tell. her, with but, but we feel that she may have found out. This that helped George me Playport. ease up a little bit on Cordingly, because right, exactly. I was like, okay, Cordially
0: being less of a bitch than I thought she was,
1: so that's okay i mean accordingly like you have you didn't hear this from me but chances are analysts have found out about george playforth and eugenie he did take her to bed and he impregnated well she her. did find out eventually that, <laughs> i mean well yeah, yeah but like when he was shot she can play it off as if that could really be the real, murder that could be really, that's murder all i'm saying oh is, my god but
0: she didn't and this shooter the, the really did oh. he's traumatized
1: saying is is that I mean I like I like there, your imagination
0: right? so I'll just go with right, murder right because that's where you went for um because
1: there was that tea and he's worth
0: wife. wife you still think she was thrown from the carriage L that the he N... had a spring and said <laughs> no
1: it's true to it's the, eject to the four corners <laughs> willy-nilly that's what he did and don't you remember at dinner out of a tree like like there was just so I mean, everyone was trying to
0: understand we're ridiculous the facts are always ridiculous at the lister home because nothing makes any sense so
1: when you are accordingly and you're like well if i just put this two and this two together I make this four this quick math makes sense to me so all of us we're just gonna know let's not sleep, let's
0: sleep. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't sleep with eugenie right. don't you might sleep be eugenie. haunted right
1: exactly or or shot out of a tree in a tree <laughs> like he's like how do you get in the tree like he. I get his questioning. And so from him hearing from accordingly, like, well, (laughs) our last groom was hot in the pants. Well. For, you know, my lady's mate, so.
0: So that happened. (laughs) They have the scene ending with uh, Anne giving some final instructions about what to do with the horses. And they say that Thomas is sort of left, the shot lingers on him for a moment. And he kind of peeks into the carriage for any hint of the ghostly (laughs) Presence of his predecessor. This next scene is Anne with Steph Bolcom, whom she sees, of course, when she goes to York to see by her motherfucking carriage. And the lines are essentially, as we saw them in the show, they're just notes that say that when she goes to ask about Anne Walker, in parentheses, it says we see this pains Anne. So yeah, we do we do see yeah, we, that we, it pains we, you, saran You we saw. you did that. You did. Can we, if we, if we make our own little awards where the only nominees and winners are Gentleman Jack cast and crew, can we send it to you, Saran Jones? <laughs> I'm just saying. She deserves all the accolades for her performance here. Uh, there's a note that Anne hates to hear the news about Captain Sutherland saying that he thought Anne Walker was much improved and that the doctor was unnecessary because, of course, she does not
1: trust As Captain she Sutherland. Shouldn't.
0: But what can she do? Right, she shouldn't. She definitely should not.
1: The whole point was to get her care, and then you're saying, oh, she's she's improved beyond the need for care.
0: Right. And they have Steph is saying, you know, when they switch topics to Mariana, and he's like, well, my sister will be delighted to see you, I'm sure. And they just have the, the text, Anne takes that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. When she starts her sentence with, I often think the note underneath that reads, she dries up. Is it too frank? Is it too sentimental? Probably a little bit of both, actually. And then there is a deleted line within this conversation with her and Steph Belcombe. After Ann Lister says her line of, if Mariana and I ever did get together after all of our trials, finally the world might make sense. They have Steph Belcombe written as responding, hasn't too much water passed into the bridge for that? I don't think she'll ever forgive you or me for making her go back to Charles that time after you inherited Shibden, and you'll never really forgive her for marrying him in the first place.
1: Now, so- can, now for someone who has not studied any of the the, the journals, this line provides so much context right. for the on-again, off-again mm-hmm. fervor that is the relationship that was Mariano, Indeed. And Alistair. I mean, you get them in that one episode where it's like, yes, usual arrangements, yes. They're debating you know, with, with lightheartedness at, at the table. And then they're grumbling and arguing in the bed. Right. To, you get that. And then after that, you don't really get them together anymore. You okay, so those... hear me
0: out. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um. It just, I had a thought and it occurred to me. I, so, hmm. hmm. One of my many hot takes, potentially, of ideas of where this comes from is the fact that this period in time in which Mariana does leave Charles and she's sort of like, I don't know, like maybe we should, maybe, maybe, I should just stay over here, is that it's post Mrs. Barlow. And if one thing is obvious, certainly to Helena Whitbread and other people who've written about it, is that Mariana seemed, if one had to imagine, to be aware of the danger that Mrs. Barlow presented and had to do what she always does, which is like, I need to see you. We need to make face contact. You need to touch my baldy. I need to touch yours. And we need to get on the fucking Amoroso and get the grubbles and the kisses going. Because once that happens, you're back here. You're back fully invested in me. And I need that to happen. And so part of me wonders if Mariana wasn't more vulnerable in this point to leave Charles for a number of instances that I'm sure make sense. Things she would not tell Anne. What happened between her and Charles? that ultimately sent her off. Was he just extra dickish that day or did he do something harmful or really bad or say something really bad that Mariana was like, all of this put together now with you, Charles, I can't fucking deal with you, can't stand you. And Anne, okay, you're over here. Because with how Charles is apologetic, he's deferential, as you'll see, to Anne and to Steph to be like, I need to get my wife back. So I have to wonder about what totally, in reality, was the rift what was said, what was done, that he knows I need to be chill and get Mariana to come back here. Potentially he thought he was in the wrong. Potentially he did something in the wrong. Potentially has something to do with an affair he was having. Who knows? But I think ultimately that the, the cloud of Mrs. Barlow and the overall instability of her relationship with Charles would have made it a non sequitur to go to Anne because who else is there? Who else is just going to take care of you when the shit has hit the fan but the longtime lover and friend that you've had for years who's promised consistently that they would be there for you. But anyways, so that line is interesting. It would have opened up some stuff, but I think it's kind of like what Sally has chosen to omit or whatever was chosen to omit for at least the HBO version because we know that that Mariana extended scene in the gig happens for the BBC is maybe they thought too much to explain maybe they will. the audience will be looking for information on this. What do they mean by that? So if we mention it more than once, it's too much. But maybe if we mention it the one time, it's fine, which they did in that argument with her in the gig. But then we in America never get to hear it unless you go into the YouTubes right. because they just left that shit the fuck out, which again, 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 HBO, I'm gonna need do you something to be about your DVD better. releases, be your better. Blu-ray releases, do something. The fuck?
1: Like, I keep debating whether or not I want to renew for another month. I want
0: to unsubscribe, delete, and then renew when I need to because I'm salty at what HBO is doing. But anyways, and so that scene ends and there's just a note written by Sally that says Anne remains conflicted about Anne Walker, but it's clear she's still drawn to her. When we move into the next scene that has to do with the coal stealing and Christopher Rawston and all that bullshit, it essentially outlines that Anne knows that she needs to do something and that Ralston is still stealing her coal. She just hasn't really gotten a plan about how to deal with it she's kind of flying by the seat of her pants and then of course that scene ends when she's like I know what to do I'm going to see his mother (laughs) what's interesting about this next scene is that we have a completely different arrival to Shibden Hall by Christopher Rawson than what we actually see in the show again I'm not sure if anyone knows out there if these scenes exist please let me know but as far as I'm aware I've not seen them so it has Exterior courtyard shipped in Hall Day, autumn 1832 at 1130. And it has the note of three days later from when Anne was talking to her aunt and Marion. It says, Christopher Rawson's carriage sweeps into the backyard and pulls up. His footman jumps down and opens the carriage door right, for as him. as
1: he tries to jawn out, yeah. And he'll,
0: have, and he'll have his own horses and driver with Rawson livery, this is in parentheses, unlike Anne who has to hire them as and when she needs them.
1: And then, then he have two
0: he did. And they have Christopher Rawson stepping out, clearly not in a good mood. He doesn't quite know where to go. He doesn't fancy knocking on the back door like a tradesman. He makes a decision to go around to the front. We go with him. So we don't see any of that shit because he just jumps out the carriage and goes straight to the front door. And then they have in the interior drawing room, in Hall, Day. And sees Christopher Rawson steam past the drawing room window and head for the front door. She's got the Madeira decanter topped up and the cut glass is gleaming. Is she going to get him pissed? yes yes Marion is with her (laughs) then it continues that we follow Christopher Ralston up to the big front door where he rattles the old bell he has a similar dynamic energy i.e unwittingly scary to him so everything else continues as we might expect that he heads in uninvited he stresses out poor baby booth who's like hey man I only got one job but I do like when Sally makes notes to say that Christopher Ralston and Ann Lister both look as formidable as each other because that's what we get they're standing toe to toe
1: and lister's She's... like why are you so obsessed with me i love it no, <laughs> I just no that's it it.
0: why are you so obsessed with me christopher
1: like why would you tell her that you have the deeds to Shipton in, in your vault because he's a fucking asshole.
0: <laughs> so there is a note that when ann lister talks about him getting the thug to beat her up that marion didn't know anything about that
1: of course not she didn't she only told um capitalista that's the only person who knows too true and then we don't get the line of him saying something about horse whipping even well, though I wish. I wish. Oh,
0: wait. We're getting a USB stick in the mail from a lovely listener who's like, we're going to give you all the scenes. I just remember that. I don't think we got it yet. I got to check the box. But oh my God. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so under the line when Anne asks if Rawson would like a glass of Madeira, Sally writes, most people here in this situation would have the dignity to decline. But of course, Anne now suspects Christopher Rawson is an alcoholic. And if he is, surely he won't decline. And then they have Christopher Rawson, perhaps a small one. (laughs) And she tops it. She does top it. And the next action after that is, Anne goes and pours a generous one. She raises an eyebrow at Marion. So the only major thing I really noticed from the interaction or the script as it reads between Christopher Rawson and Ann Lister is, I suppose, liberties taken by the director or a shot list where through that whole interaction we get several shots back to Marion's face. So those aren't indicated in this script. So it could be one of those things that just improvised on the thing or they decided on the day or they didn't have to state it. I think it's very unlikely to have a major expensive production, not state the shots they're going to do. So more than likely it just evolved after the fact with Gemma Whalen's incredible talent because she's funny as fuck. And they're like, We need we need another scene of her. Just go back to her face. What is she even doing with those eyebrows? So there's that. And there is a note that when Ann Lister makes the offer to Rawson towards the latter half, third act of her speech, where she's just like, own it, Mr. Rawson, own it and let's do a fair deal. The note is that this is a good offer. He can see she's sincere. And there's a pause where we hope he might accept it. I mean, that's not what I I was hoping. I had no damn hope.
1: My hope hope. was that he was returning to the Madeira. (laughs) (laughs) That was his hope, too. She was like, bing.
0: And so, you know how Christopher Rawson makes that sly comment when Ann Lister is like, you know, your men have been hurt in my upper bed by Henscliffe's men. And Christopher Austin's like, ooh, men in your bed. Now there's a novelty.
1: I remember that. Yes. And I'm glad that she didn't take the bait. She didn't, but in the script she did.
0: In a sense, to the fourth wall. Because after that they have Anne glancing at the camera. And she says, oh, that tired old joke about me not liking men. How boring. (laughs) See, the misogynist in me would have been like, how true. (laughs) (laughs) How true! (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Mm. So there's that. And it is boring. Like, I think that goes for all bigoted jokes. Like, that's what the bigots don't get, is that they've been using the same tired-ass, whack-ass, unfunny jokes for literal decades that when they say, you're just like, nah, bro, this is why your comedy... Why am I getting a jaunty what phone the- call? Is this a grumble call?
1: Jamaica. I'm, I'm, so, not, I'm not answering that. That's fine.
0: You know, the kind of calls Terrence be getting, y'all, I just want you to know. What goes on in the, in the studio?
1: Sometimes it's a submarine. Sometimes <laughs> it's... I just... I'm not here to make it make... Oh? Nope. I'm <laughs> not doing that. This phone is hot.
0: Oh, dear. Dear, 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 dear. No comment. So, <laughs> there is a note, too, that when he's finished his glass again, that an analyst is like, help yourself but that. There's not a... Oh, I'm just noticing this, but there's not a, an action for Saran Jones to flick that so let me just say a special thank you for the intense misandrous jauntiness saran jones put into that scene where she might as well have kicked christopher ross in his fucking chest because the way she flicked that cup yep was incredible help yourself help yourself bitch Ooh, oh i can just see her face right now so improvised improvised again by saran which where are the accolades I need to calm down and stop screaming about this. It's because the news is fresh. The news is fresh. I'm still upset about it. But the note under that says, for when she's like, help yourself, it's like, he does clearly he has no pride when it comes to another drink. And we get that. He doesn't give a fucking shit who sees how much he's drinking. For when Ann Lister asked him, were you drunk? The note says he's just taken a big swallow from his third glass and he's only been here two minutes. Okay. Two minutes, Christopher Austin. What the fuck? Ugh. But look at all this text in the script. Like, this is what I'm saying. How are they playing Saran Jones with the nominations? How are they playing this hoe? How are they playing her? Look at all these lines. She had to deliver in one fell swoop. And they're period lines. So they're harder to deliver. Anyways. So now we get another kind of deleted scene, deleted lines situation. And this still has to do with Christopher Austin and when he starts talking about how he's going to build this engine. And I think you'll find this interesting because it's a completely, it's a completely different vibe than what we get off in the show. And Lister's like, after Christopher Austin gives that whole spiel about he's building an engine and fuck it, fuck your coal, fuck working with you, I'm going to do my own thing. They have Ann Lister saying, when, when did you start building this engine? And the note says, there's a telltale hesitation before Rawson replies, very recently. And Anne is like, where? And another note says he hesitates again because he knows where her next question will be. And then Rawson replies, up at Law Hill. And Anne asks if she can come and see it. And he's like, no, you can. And then in parentheses it says, get lost, he nearly said. But actually is supposed to say, you don't believe me. I can see. But that's your problem. And that's it now as far as I'm concerned. And you really need to stop making allegations that you can't substantiate.
1: And so I read this as him being shook oh he was definitely shook sure because you know what oh this is a nice idea an engine and because it'll be like well this is being funded towel using using right what? because they
0: have her pushing instead of him just saying that he has an engine that he's gonna build and do all this stuff they have Listers provoking and being like are you sure did you really build that engine where is it
1: don't you remember where uh she had the same energy for her sister not too long ago when she was like well you know i'm gonna produce an air and he's gonna have a bigger claim and shit than you will, well, Mary, you better get on it then. Oh, you, that's know. you know, you know spring chicken. But <laughs> 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 You're gonna go get pregnant right now, just despite me. Sure. you that's what you want.
0: Um, all right. Oh my God, hilarious! And then the note says he's leaving but Anne gets in his way so she physically blocks his ass and i'm like i could have used that altercation and what i have holy shit in red text as you can see there because i was like why was i denied why was i denied this line and it says that Anne lister says in his face after she blocks his path i'd like you to apologize to my sister and um i can relate to that energy so intensely like it's the calm before the storm where you're like blocking you
1: I need you to do this. And if you but know it's, it's the same thing. you, you'll do it. Right. But she asked a few times for that. Like, she was like, I want you to apologize to my sister. And apologize for stealing my coal. And he keeps well, saying- Well, not apologize. She said, pay up, bitch. Oh, well, Fuck yeah. your apologies.
0: Where the money? But um, look at how they have Christopher Ross replying. I'm sorry if you think I humiliated and they have him cut off by Anne, And she's like, no, not if you think. And so I'm like, yo, she had this. See, now you Not have if to you clarify. Fit. Whoa! And then they have Rossen is saying, I'm sorry that I embarrassed you, Miss Lista. And I'm just like, oh she shit,
2: that's a straight son. Apologies.
0: That's a straight. That's a straight son. That's a straight. I won, bitch. That's a straight. I made you my son. That's exactly what that is.
1: He's ready to get out of that house.
0: And then it says Anne steps out of his way to allow him to leave a rare moment of appreciation and camaraderie between Anne and Marion. So this totally changes the dynamic of the scene. It completely, I mean, I'm not gonna say that Anne Lister has any less, I'm not gonna say she's any less taller the way the scene is written because she's as badass as business Anne, dirty business Anne always is, which I love. But also getting in Christopher Austin's way provoking him further to show him that you know for sure he's lying and then demanding an apology and interrupting the first attempt at being like, not like that, try again. And him being like, okay, I'm sorry, Miss Lista. That's fucking fantastic, okay? So that scene passes and it's mad different. And we have Anne with Washington where she's fretting over, I don't know, I don't know, these investments, I don't know, I don't know, my income. And the one note of note for when she's about to say the deeds to Shibden. And Brenda it says she barely dare say it, which, girl, yes, we barely dare hear it.
1: It's a horrible suggestion. You just spent the whole last scene saying, you need to stop telling people my deeds. Here, take (laughs) this (laughs) deed. A
0: mess. That's why that's because that's how fucked up she is off Ann Walker. She'll make no damn sense. That's why when her lawyer calls around and he's like, listen, man, um, you're talking about traveling. Like, you like to be involved in everything. What do you mean? You want to sink a bit and travel. I thought, weren't you, you had like 16 plans you are working on and extensions shipped in. And she was like, listen, you hoe, there's plenty <laughs> of things to do in plenty of other places that are not Halifax. I don't know about you. I don't know what you've heard, but there's other things to do. And he's like, okay, um, that seemed like an intense answer. I was just asking what seems like the obvious. We also get some more deleted lines. In the scene that precedes Anne Lister leaving Shibden Hall. And it has more servant shit, as you might imagine, with Thomas, who's new on the scene. And the action says, we follow Thomas Beach and Joseph Booth as they struggle down the stairs with the second of Anne's heavily laden Imperials. Yep. You know, they struggling. Oh, yeah. They have Thomas Beach just saying, it's heavy. And Joseph Booth in a whisper. Books. <laughs> <laughs> why is he whispering but it's like it's all this full of books and diaries and all of her writing tackle makes sense because uh, who needs it comes clothing? with me right it right no me. she needs to keep the notes of what fuck shit she is enduring with Mariana and everyone else on this fucking trip and then action continues as they head past us with the trunk we look through to the dining room where Anne is having breakfast with Aunt Anne and Marion and Anne is writing her itinerary of where she'll be and when there is a note of Aunt Anne being super emotional but trying not to show it too much for mm. Anne's sakes you failed, she aunt looked Anne. Really you, failed. Emotional. you were super emotional you were kind of trembly it was sad i was like why are we doing this to aunt Anne? she doesn't deserve this
1: it was like i don't want you to go but i don't want you to stay if what you want is not here but because i want you to be happy and i ugh, it was an impossible situation for her i could just see it oh yes Who's going to tell me extravagant stories?
0: (laughs) There was an interesting note, um, comedic note for Marion, a.k.a. Gemma Whelan. And and I just want to say, like, it seems obvious, but she really made this role her own in the way that performers can do uniquely with just their own set of skills that is uniquely theirs, because I just simply can't imagine another person playing Marion. And the note here for what Marion is supposed to do in this scene after Anne is like, yo, take this address and go over there. So the note is, Marion, (parentheses who's eating breakfast, gives Anne a quote, what did your last slave die of look? <laughs> <laughs> then takes the half sheet of paper and does what she's asked. As soon as Marion's left the room, Anne doesn't waste a moment to say privately to her aunt and then what she asked about Anne Walker. So that was the bitchy little sister shit where she's like, oh, what did your last servant die of? Do I look like I'm employed by you, bitch? We both own shift and I know you like to say. It's your <laughs> ancestral home, but it's our ancestral home. Why can't you call Booth? put the note in the thing that's what he's paid to do
1: she was like so that we both know where it is <laughs> oh, but versus, kudos versus to... show me a deed you say you have the deed i haven't seen the deed show i need me to the see it deed. i need show to me see me it right deed. now so here you have my you have my itinerary you put it somewhere where you can find it ultimately i mean i get it <laughs> i get it
0: Ah. And at the end of her exchange with her aunt, it just has the note that Aunt Anne still has reservations about Miss Walker and wishes Anne could let go for her own sake. There was an interesting note at the end of the scene that Anne and Marion share before they have their super cute sisterly hug of restraint, but not so restrained. And after Anne asked her that favor for Thomas and his Bay. It says that Marion is flattered that Anne's trusting her with something requiring diplomacy and which amounts to estate work. They linger and then they spontaneously hug each other. So it's not really about the heads, but about Marion having responsibility. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. It didn't read it that way to me. But then I think it goes back to what we say about projecting things onto actions and things characters do because you're you're thinking a certain way. And certainly right. my thing with siblings, I just saw it as like, well, like this is just on those things but I guess ultimately tying back to this concept of responsibility and you think I can do something all by myself even though you act most of the time that I can't do shit by myself so that was cool
1: it's like you know I always like to pop off at the mouth saying that you need to be here if you want to call yourself you know the purveyor and the provider but Here I go with a problem huffing to you about an encounter at the bank, and you resolve it in less than 24 hours. So, I mean, not for nothing, for as much as I I do pain you and grieve you, you do get things done. So, I I respect your way of doing things, and... I'll try my best to hold you down until I need you. That is it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's a good
0: thing. Oh, and the ending sentiment of this scene, written by Sally, is, and we get the idea that occasionally, just occasionally, they are capable of thinking the world of each other. Oh, I do get that idea. After that, we have the scene with Anne and her dad when she drops the coal business.
1: <laughs> oh, five minutes. Before. Yeah, five oh, minutes before she's leaving. <laughs>
0: And after Jeremy's last line of like, I hope you know what you're doing. It's fucking dirty business. It's fucking coal. The note says, Anne takes that in. She's taking a great risk with their home, but she's broad-shouldered and clever. If it all goes wrong, she'll simply cross that bridge when it happens. She kisses Jeremy robustly on the cheek and leaves. So she's like, bitch, I'll deal with it when I gotta deal with it. I'll deal with it when the problem becomes the actual problem. Right now, it's just a possibility. Well, and that is the end of part one (laughs) of this Gentleman Jack crack. Historical Nightcap, 107.5. <laughs> <laughs> I always sound like I'm doing a fucking radio intro when I say it. But yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying the shits.
1: Uh, don't forget the Sid and Us feedback. Um, you already know the other episode, the one following this one, part two, will be rolling out shortly. So I almost almost supposed to go anywhere. But uh, if you're self-quarantining, you're not going much you, you, anywhere. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be <laughs> going a
0: damn place right now. All right, guys. Part two coming up right now. Enjoy.